Bookcase and Coffee presents Buzzing About Romance, a quick shot of romance. Hey everyone, welcome to Buzzing About Romance, a quick shot of romance. I am Becky and joining me for this episode is Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Hey, Becky. Um, so you picked today's title. I did. Um, I think you might have a little bit of a crush on a certain author. Just a little. Just a little. Um, so on this episode of a quick shot of romance we're reviewing a royal christmas cruise by max walker a royal christmas cruise is a full-length and standalone stonewall investigation miami holiday story they number it as 2.5 because it doesn't really fit into the stonewall world i mean it does but it doesn't continue on to that office Right. Yeah. Like, one of the main characters works in that office, but nothing they do has anything to do with Stonewall Investigations Miami. Right. Right. Um, so I've read all of New York. I have not read Miami. Have you read everything then? Yes, I have. It's really excellent. Uh, Heather is actually who recommended Max to me um, a year or so ago, I think it was. And... Um, it's really great romantic suspense. It is. And I like that there's kind of storylines that go throughout the series, like each individual series, but then each book has their own storyline as well. Yeah. It's really easy to pick and choose between the books. I think like you don't have to read them in order. I know. Right. Yeah, makes you bonkers. You don't have to. It does make me bonkers, especially when there's like an overarching plot. There you is. You should probably read them in order. At least don't read the last one before right. you read the others. Oh, but then it could be like a series of flashbacks. If you want to do that to yourself, you are more than welcome. But just know that I am internally panicking about it. <laughs> um, I just, I like Max's uh, writing style. I think that he does a phenomenal job in storytelling and giving us enough suspense and intrigue that we're engaged from page one to, to the end. Yes, I completely agree. I'm always just immediately hooked with his books. Yeah. Now, I will say this book stands completely on its own, and it was an unexpected, fluffy, sweet, holiday cuteness honest yes yes and I liked the little bit of mystery in it but I just I just loved everything about it truly um okay so read us the synopsis from Goodreads Nicholas Silva this Christmas I was determined to change things I was done living a lie I felt like a puppet so I cut the strings I woke up one morning and broke up with my girlfriend to the shock of everyone that same day, I had tickets booked on a holiday cruise where I planned on cutting loose and finding the truth I had been denying myself all along. Little did I know, I'd end up finding much more in the jaw-droppingly handsome man I met before boarding the ship. Our chemistry was immediate, and it wasn't long before we shared a passionate kiss. Then came his question. He asked me to be fake boyfriends with him for the duration of the cruise. My immediate urge was to say yes, except for a tiny complication that forced me to reconsider. I'm the Prince of Spain, and I am still very much closeted. Shiro Brooks. 
This Christmas was supposed to be for reuniting with old friends. I didn't expect to be dealing with a breakup and becoming the seventh wheel. I tried staying positive, but after an embarrassing situation at the security checkpoint, I resigned myself to my crummy holiday fate. Imagine my Santa-sized surprise when I bump into, and subsequently make out with, the hottest man I'd ever met in my entire life. Drunk off our connection, I blurt out a crazy proposal. A proposal that he quickly shoots down. I for sure thought it would all end there. I had no idea it was only just the beginning of our story. So this released November 23rd of 2019. Tropes are a holiday romance, vacation fling, uh, royal normative, instant connection, meet cute, and fake relationships, sort of. I don't... (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's a good way to put it. A sort of fake relationship. Sort of. Uh, It is part of the Stonewall Investigation series of Miami, and they are interconnected standalones, um, I think. Rachel says no, they're interconnected with an overarching storyline. Yes, you you can read them like as standalones, but there is that overarching storyline that you could spoil for yourself if you don't read them in order. Uh, this is can be completely read alone though. Right. This is just if you are looking for a fun holiday vacation feeling that's not your typical retelling uh Christmas retelling or is um, small town. It's not a novella. It's what? Because it's not a novella. No, it's full length. I think a lot of like holiday Christmassy romances that come out around the holidays, most seem to be novellas. Yeah, over 150 pages is rare. Yes, agreed. Um, So put out percentage on this is 51%. The audio narrator uh, of this book is Greg Bordeaux, and I listened to the audiobook. Yep, I also listened to the audiobook. And it is available, the title is available in Kindle Unlimited. Um, I just want to talk about Greg Bordeaux for a minute because he was exceptional of a narrator. Yes, I completely agree. He did a great job of giving each main character their own voice. Like, honestly, sometimes you couldn't even tell it was the same narrator because he gave Nick an accent, as he should, like he's from Spain. And then Shy just sounded completely different from Nick, which I you don't always get with the same narrator. And I, I listened to a lot of audiobooks of Max's and Greg does all of them and they're all like equally impressive to me that he can do so many accents and so many voices well and I forgot to mention this is um a male male romance and uh Greg does some of my favorite other LGBTQIA romances he did a couple books by Roan Parrish uh and and several other authors so I really, really enjoy Greg and each book he reads. Like, it took me going back to do our script for tonight to realize mm-hmm. that he had read other audiobooks that I loved because he sounds so completely different and unique in each story that he narrates. Yes. it. It's like 
especially when when I was reading the Stonewall Investigations books I was doing them like I binged Mm -hmm. so I was just constantly listening to Greg and you just couldn't even really tell yeah it's It's like I could only tell when it says read by Greg Greg Boudreaux like that's the only time I knew it was him still it just it was really impressive and I just felt like he absolutely needed a shout out for how awesome this audiobook was. Okay, so let's talk about Shy and Nick. What a fantastic meet cute. The best. It was so funny, even though I was like blushing and cringing. The banana underwear. <laughs> So Shy is going through security to get onto the cruise and he gets flagged and he's taken over and he has to go into the little cubby hole and ha- and be strip searched for a full pat down. And um so he has to remove his clothes and as he's standing there and has removed his pants the curtain falls and he's standing there in banana print underwear. And they're not just like boxers. They're like tidy Speedo like, bikini. Boxer briefs. Yeah. Like. <laughs> but yeah. So funny. Yeah. And everyone sees it because it makes a loud crash as it goes down. And. And he has made eye contact twice with Nick while they're all in security line because Nick is trying to fly under the radar. He's not traveling under VIP status. Um. He is the prince for the country of Spain, and he's escaping his reality for a while. And so he's trying to, he's only traveling with one security person and kind of under the radar. And so he's in security line, just like everyone else. And so they've made a couple of eye connections, and then they have another meet cute in the bookstore before they get on the ship. Like, it's right in the terminal to get on the ship yeah. as another bookstore. And um, that kiss. Holy. I know. Smokes. Holy smokes. I know. It was, like, unexpected, but I loved it. Yeah, I wasn't. I was like, what? What are, what are we doing? It was, it was a good kiss. Yes, it was. It just shows that like they had that kind of instant connection of some sort that like their chemistry was just immediate yeah um well and I want to say because there's another scene later on in the book that is just Nick on his own in it in a in the shower and um Max does a really good job with sensory in his description of what's happening. So with that kiss, there were sensory pieces in his descriptive nature and his writing that really made that kiss like that much more steamy. Yes. Yes. Cause we're talking about a kiss, right? And like people might be like, it's a kiss, but it was more it was like more than a kiss. It was like a late cu- popping toe curling yes full out kiss but but he has this really sensory driven descriptive nature to his words that like because there's like I said this scene with Nick in the shower and you would think that uh, we read those scenes before it's you know it was intense and the way he describes it you really like 
understand what Nick was feeling in that moment and what his drive mm-hmm. was. And, you know, you saw that you felt the steam, you saw the water. And it's just, I think that just goes to show what an amazing author and writer he is. Yes. Yes. It's one of my favorite parts of his books is how descriptive he is and not in like your typical descriptive way. He actually brings you there. So I listened to this and it was before Thanksgiving that I listened to this and he describes uh, Max has a really descriptive nature of the holiday decorations that are on this cruise ship. Now, this is fiction. This is romance. And I know that there are people that take holiday cruises and they don't have over-the-top decorations. This specific ship for this book had over-the-top decorations. And as he's describing the garland and the different settings and the restaurants and the trees, I wanted to pull out my Christmas decorations. Right? I wanted to go on a Christmas cruise and I have I have no desire to go on a cruise. Right. Yeah, we are not cruise people to go on one. Yeah, we are not cruise people. But I was like, hmm, because there was this and and there were so some fun scenes, too. Um, But there was this snow globe restaurant. I wanted to go to the snow globe restaurant. Like, I I want want that experience. Yeah, I'm in. Yes, me too all in um so let's talk about shiro a little bit he has just broken up with his boyfriend mason he was he was supposed to go on this cruise with mason to meet up and hook up with some of their friends that they have in common but he doesn't tell his friends that they've broken up which to me was hilarious because they all know mason they all went to college together right like (laughs) He can't check his social media that he didn't update his relationship status. I don't know. It was awkward. I was like, this wasn't thought all the way through, Shy. No. There were some cringy moments, too, with the friends, which were great side characters. The friends in this book. And like I said, I haven't read Miami, so I don't know if his friend Ash gets his own book in the series. I wanted Ash to have his own book. I loved so his I'm character. I'm really bad with character names. <laughs> Max, if you're listening, could you just let me know if Ash has a book? Because I need to read that book. Um, I thought uh, Shira was this super great, charismatic, sassy, but dorky hero. Yes. Yes. He, I think you called him adorkable. And I yes. was like, that is exactly yeah. right. Yeah, I was like, he's really quirky. He's a little shy, a little unsure of himself. Um, and I just wasn't quite sure. Sometimes I'm like, ooh, don't do it. Don't say it. <laughs> yes, I I just felt like he was just constantly like, for someone who planned to go on this cruise without his ex-boyfriend, it was not well planned. No. I had secondhand embarrassment for him so many times. I'm like, dude, what you doing? What you doing over there? (laughs) I know. It started with the banana underwear and then it just like continued. It did. It did. Um, So let's talk about Nick because 
So t- sometimes when we get royal romances, they're just like really fantastical and over the top, um, you know, like royally. I don't know how else to say it other than they're kind of like proper and even when it's like prince in hiding, hiding in plain sight, you know, they yeah. don't deal well with like the peasant sheets or something. You know, there's always got to be. Yeah. But Nick was like a really real guy. Yes, he was. And he like knew he was different because of obviously being the Prince of Spain, but he didn't act that way. He wasn't pretentious at all. And it seemed like his parents really weren't pretentious either. Like they wanted certain things that had to keep a certain type of like profile, but they they weren't like your typical king and queen in these romances where they're like evil. Right. Oh, they weren't evil. I think that they were products of their generation. And I think that they were products by protocol, but they never really pushed that on to Nick. For example, it's Christmas time. And instead of being like, no, we have this commitment and this commitment and this commitment, they understood that he needed to get away, that he had just broken up with a air quote, girlfriend um but he was coming to the realization that he definitely was bi or gay that he had had these relationships but they weren't necessarily fulfilling it was more for optics yes and it kind of seemed like it enough was enough for him like he was done trying to be a certain way because of the optics and he just wanted wanted to get away from all of that yeah for good reason no for great reasons and I really liked his character I didn't feel like he was too over the top I felt like he was relatable he was willing to push aside the expectations because of this attraction that he had to shy and the the things that he wanted um and he was willing to take some risks to do it. Yep. And I really, yep. I, I really, I really liked his character. I just thought that the two of them had some of the best chemistry I had read in a minute too. Yes, I for sure agree. And I've read a lot of holiday romances this year, and I think they have the best, like most like palpable chemistry of yeah. all of the ones I've read. Um. So there were some fun parts. We already talked about the snow globe restaurant, the foam party, which I'm older. You know, we didn't have a foam party at clubs or anything when I was, <laughs> I didn't go to spring break or anything like that when I was in college. Um, but that was such a great scene. It was. I loved it. I was like, oh, now I kind of want to go to a foam party, but I'm old. So. <laughs> Right. Yeah. My exact reaction. Like, I'm not like old, but I'm like probably like too old for a phone party at this point. I was like, can we have it at three o'clock in the afternoon in the backyard? Is that a thing? (laughs) Yes. Kids can come while we're bathing suits. No one will be humping and grinding. It'll be safe. (laughs) Um, One of the best things about this book is that there was no angst. Yes, no angst, 
it like there was a bit of a mystery that had to be figured out and that like had a little external angst but it it was by no means an angsty book which I don't want angst in my holiday romances personally like I want them to be happy I want them to be fun and that's exactly what this one was it was happy and fun and it was not predictable it was completely different than a lot of other holiday romances like you mentioned yeah there is a little bit of suspense in this book there's I don't want to ruin it so I'm not going to spoil it but there is like a little bit of a mystery um (laughs) but I do feel like shy is a little bit of the bumbling P.I. (laughs) yes because what how old are they they're not very old I think they're like 25 and 23 yeah they're young they're very young yeah, they're young. He he's like still a little green. Like, yeah, he has potential as a PI, but yeah, he's not this like experienced. No, and some of the PI things, of twenty years, right? And some things that should have been obvious, they just both of them were kind of like, "Whoo, we missed that." <laughs> they were too focused on each other. They were. There was a lot of intense. Um, so there's a funny, funny quote, and I highlighted it because my girl child is kind of the same way. Um, it's, I'm an animal person, except for spiders or bugs and any kind of bugs. Then I'm an, oh, fuck, no kind of person. <laughs> I love that line. I was like, that's such a phenomenal line. Because I know so many people that are like, oh, yeah, I love all the living creatures except spiders and bugs. Then I'm like, no, no. (laughs) Uh, Right. Like those can go. And then the ending line is, I will always love you gay, straight, bi, or whatever color of the rainbow you fall on. And I think that that speaks to the beauty of what Max writes. His characters are all different. They come sometimes from different demographics, different cultures. We didn't talk about it, but Shai is Japanese-American, you know, and Nick himself is Spanish. So Max isn't afraid to share cultural differences along with, you know, the the differences in sexuality. So it's just about the connection and loving who you love. Yep, exactly. Anyway, um, if you have a book we should read for... Oh, wait, I forgot to ask the question. Does this pass the Die Hard Christmas test? I... Okay, so we've talked about this a lot, and I, like, always forget what it means. So... The Die Hard Christmas test, the movie Die Hard, the great debate. Is it a Christmas movie or not? Would you have the exact same movie if it didn't take place at Christmas time? Could that movie happen on 4th of July weekend or could that movie happen New Year's Eve or does Christmas play an integral part to that movie? So we put the same kind of test to our Christmas yeah. romances. How I much think, I think Christmas is integral to it. I do. I don't think that you would have yeah. had, I don't think this could have been done at any other holiday and it couldn't have just happened on a summer cruise. It needed right. to be Christmas. I completely agree. So I think it passes yeah, the it diehard test. It does. I always forget what pass versus fail means. Oh. Like I know in general, <laughs> like what 
Okay. I know in general what the diehard test is, but I'm like, what's pass, what's fail? What's fail? I forget. This passes. This passes. This passes. Um, if you have a title we should read for a quick shot of romance, send us an email to thebees at bookcaseandcoffee.com. Um, Rachel, thank you so much for joining me for this quick shot of romance. Thanks for having me. Until next time, everyone. Happy reading. Find us on Instagram at buzzingaboutromance or on Twitter at buzzingromance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.